Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, episode six here, the Turf and Turnbuckles podcast. I am Duval Branch. Sean Mulcahy here. And thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. We appreciate it. Appreciate the feedback, as always. Thank you. Uh, we're going to get straight into it this week. Start with football. Yes. NFL. Um, week 15 has started already. <clears throat> I... Uh, I'm excited. Um, I think that the. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of. It's like a bittersweet feeling too, because you know we're getting close to the Christmas games, and then you know January kind of you know just you know goes through the motions after the New Year's, and then you know February it's Super Bowl time. So you know we're getting close to that playoff time. I feel like the season kind of flew. Um, it definitely flew. Yeah, you know without a shadow of a doubt. It's still exciting, but I, I just feel like it flew. Um, again. Uh, well, you didn't have, as a Steelers fan, you didn't have as much to look forward to in the beginning of the year, but then they got their shit together. Yeah, Ben going down week two, uh, uh, Smith Schuster fighting injuries throughout the season, James Conner, a um, couple guys banged up on defense, and then we made that glorious trade for. Uh, Dolphins player. Yeah, wow, I can't even. Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I can't believe I just forgot his name. Mm-hmm. Dude has like five, six picks almost. Um, <clears throat> but speaking of that. Uh, as far as <coughs> Pittsburgh Steelers uh, game this week against uh, the nine and four Buffalo Bills, the Bills come to uh, Pittsburgh. I don't think that they're really gonna uh, put up a lot of points. I think it's gonna be a defensive shootout. Um, kind of nine twelve game. Yeah, I got a yeah something like around those 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 limits. I got a I got uh, Pittsburgh winning seventeen uh, fourteen. Um, I think it's going to come down to a field goal and, uh, and us playing some defense. Um, I think that uh, Devlin Hodges, a.k.a. the Duck, he's going to have an okay game. But I agree with Sean. We were talking about it earlier that we think that he's going to maybe throw one or two picks, but still maybe pull it out. Who knows? Uh, but that defense, uh, again, ranked third in the league right now. Um, I'm still confused. Not necessarily confused, but the numbers, there has to be more to them. Because I don't understand how the Steelers' defense can rank higher than the 49ers' defense. And I, I broke The it. teams that they play and everything, the amount of time that the defense is on the field, these things all have to come into play. I, I tried to break it down to Sean, and I tried to let him know that uh, even though our defense was getting a lot of takeaways and a lot of sacks um, because of injuries on offense, uh, especially with you know even the tight end getting hurt, uh, Vance McDonald being out uh, here and there. Um, I believe that uh, we just don't execute a lot of three and outs with Devlin Hodges back there. And it's really not all him. Like I said, it's mostly injuries. A lot of young guys out there, some rookies, some second-year guys uh, just trying to gel. And I think it's been working for the most part. But, again, that defense is really what's been pulling them through uh, on this win streak that they've been on. And uh, I just think that – with T.J. Watt with 12 and a half sacks, uh, you got Bud Dupree right around the corner there with nine and a half. You got Cameron uh, Hayward in there with eight sacks. And then, you know, everybody else on defense is chipped in. So that right there is already like 30 sacks between those three guys, maybe 31. Um, They're just flying way underneath the radar. Right. Minka There's Fitz- just no, anytime I watch highlights on them, it's all about offense. Minka Fitzpatrick has about five interceptions now. Uh, Joe Hayden has uh, four interceptions. I know that, and uh, even the rookie uh, Devin Bush has a couple takeaways. You know, forced fumbles. I mean, 
TJ Watt is uh, a candidate for defensive player of the year. Um, he's rising up every week. They say if he finish out these next few weeks with uh, quite a few sacks, I know he's fourth in sacks right now. Um, number one, Shaquille Barrett from Tampa Bay, which surprised a lot of people this year. He's got 15 and a half. Tampa Bay is just a disaster. Yeah, just all around. Between stat, like, stats, like, they, they look like they should be the greatest team on the planet. Yeah. And but, then it's... Yeah, and then Mike Mike Evans being, you know, just, you know, shut down for the rest of the season, I think was a smart He's move. He's the only wide receiver. No, 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 no. We'll block, yeah. I, was, I, was getting ready, I thought you were getting ready to say. Cause, no, like who else do you have to block, really, yeah. for Tampa well, Bay? You got, well, I mean, O.J. Howard really isn't the best blocker either. He's a tight end. But, I mean, he, he he's like he's like Jimmy Graham-esque. Like, he'll block for a little bit and he'll, he'll want to bounce out. You know uh, what I mean? He wants the ball. Yeah, but they got Chris Chris Godwin, who surprised a lot of people this year. He is good. Yeah. He is, he's, I forget about him. He'll be a pro bowler for sure. But is he good or is it just a necessity kind of thing? Like listen, you, if, if, like, listen, dude, you are the one who's going to be open. You need to catch well, these balls. La- well, well, last year he had just under 1,000 yards. I know he had like 800 and something yards receiving. I think he had like nine touchdown receptions this year. He's over 1,000. So I think he's been getting pretty deep. I mean, he did play in San Fran for a little bit, and then he went to – but again, it's Tampa. Tampa. We're not going to be talking about Tampa because there's nothing. No. Really to talk. I mean, but, but, we wanted to talk about the passing stats before we get too much off on the tangent but and everything. Back on track to just real quick to that. We were talking about Steelers and the Bills. Uh, I, I do think that Pittsburgh will pull the win off this week. So I of course disagree. But we'll see. But I don't even like the Bills. <clears throat> I don't like them as a team. That they they keep talking about their quarterback too, like he's he's getting on track and he's going to get this stuff done. I am talking probably 21, 21 to 30, but it's going to be garbage points, so the game is going to look closer than it was. I think the Bills are going to, I think the Bills are going to do a, maybe not 21 thoughts. You think they're going to put up 21? I'm thinking the Steelers will put up 21, oh. the Bills will put up 30. I don't know about 30. I'm saying it's the other way around. I don't know about 30. That's whew. I'm picking a higher scoring game than you. I don't know. I mean, I I think Josh Allen and then John Brown and Frank Gore and all those guys, Singletary in the backfield. I'm just not convinced. With, again, these numbers on the pit on the Steelers defense, I think are a little, not padded, but I think that uh, anybody who's following the page now, you would see that I asked a question. Overlooked. They're overlooked. Are the Steelers in the right place at the right time? Or are they an actual threat? And I think they're just in the right place at the right time. The teams they've played, the amount of time they've been on the field compared to other teams' defense to be on the field, the numbers go up, yeah. and they just look better. The Niners' defense is not on the field anywhere near as much. The I can't even remember. The Seahawks' defense was another one. Not on the field as yeah, much but what do they, because of clock management. Yeah, but what do they have better than the Pittsburgh Steelers, both teams right now, in offense? Yeah. So okay. they have a reason. Yeah. But it, that's, that's right. But that's what I was just talking about. Is it a necessity, as in right place, right time, or is it a legitimate threat? I think you just answered the question would, without meaning to. But we would still have. They a, are in the right place at the right time. They are would, not but we would a legitimate still, threat. But we would still have a top defense, I think, this year, regardless. And we would still have a better offense with Big Ben and all those guys healthy. It's just that those guys aren't healthy. Everybody's in, and they're trying to still learn the system or get used to well, everything. More or less, I think this argument is settled by if I'm right and the Bills score more points, then it's the Steelers are in the right place at the right time. 
And now they've come against another, but if you, yet but, another offense but if you, going to score. But, but if you see some shit out there where you're like, yo, they're really fucking Josh Allen. We just up. looked at their stats, and their stats showed that there were only three games where the Steelers held any teams to less than 20 points. I want all the smoke this week. <laughs> Frank Gore, Frank Gore, your third all-time. Bring it. Josh Allen, you went to Wyoming. You were saying some racist shit on Twitter <laughs> years ago in high school. Oh, Bring yeah. it. John Brown, you didn't pan out on the one team you was on. I think that was the Cardinals. Bring it. The only thing y'all got going for y'all really this year is that defense. And I'm oh. telling they asses to bring it because we're going to get the ball right back. Oh. And we're going to execute when we need to. This man is in it. All of a sudden. All the way. Like, all of a sudden. Listen, I was all cool with us tanking and maybe trying to get a draft pick, but then I seen the fight in us, and I saw what we were doing, and I said, fuck it. At this point, let's try and do something. Like I said, I don't think Pittsburgh is going to get farther than the division round, but we will win a wild card game if we get in. Nah. Yeah. Well, again, talking about it. You might not even get in if you don't win. If you don't win against Buffalo. Houston ain't beating us in the wild card oh, game. Oh, no. Houston won't beat you. They ain't beating us in the wild Deshaun card game. Deshaun Watson, he won't beat you. ain't beating us. No. ain't beating us. No way. We beat Mahomes. <laughs> we can beat Deshaun Watson. In the beginning of the year when he was hurt. Oh, my God. And you beat the that Titans. Was, oh, that was before he You did. held the Titans to six points when Mariota was, that was the quarterback. That was, before, that was before he dislocated his kneecap. Good he job. Was, he was just out there with a little bummy ankle. because Everybody had, busted my balls when my team was 3-0. and oh, And, oh, all you beat was the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins. But then when you're yeah, talking about... Yeah, but that's more about, proof in the pudding. Look at y'all about wins. These, look, look, look at y'all wins compared to y'all losses. And look at yours. That's what I'm saying. But we won You're squeaking barely. out these 26-23s. So why can't y'all squeak out? Because we keep blowing y'all, in the last few minutes. We can't get together. Whereas your team is. Whereas the Rams are. Whereas the fucking Titans are. The Texans are. These are teams that get it done in the end of the game. The Texans... Gotta stop worrying about dressing up as fucking we beat, characters from movies and shit. We beat the Rams. Duck, dodge, dip. Do, do what you gotta do to win. Don't come out looking like average Joes. That was stupid. Yeah, well, we beat the Rams. It looks great they was when in the Super win. Bowl. And they was in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, so. Yeah, oh, yeah. We beat the Rams. But, uh, yeah, to this passing leaders, obviously, uh, Dak Prescott is still uh, number one. Yay! Uh, <laughs> number two from where I'm looking here. Uh, looks to be Philip Rivers as far as passing yards, but the man's got 15 touchdowns. Tw- uh, sorry, 20 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, Dak Prescott, 24 touchdowns. He's in the league with interceptions. Yeah, uh, Dak. You know who's number one? Crab legs, Winston with 23. Yup. Whoo. Winston throws it at anybody. And you know what? You team. know what's crazy? He's number two in the league in pass yards. Because. All he does is throw the ball. Right, he don't give a fuck. If all you do is throw the ball, just like the Giants that one year, then of course your quarterback's going to have the most interceptions. Like, it, he's putting it up there. Yeah. Um, you got Russell Wilson that's up there. He's 26 touchdown passes, five picks. MVP caliber kind of season from him, obviously. Yeah, and if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson, then some of the guys we're talking about would be on that ballot, but it's not even a question. Aaron Rodgers, only two picks this year, 23 touchdown passes. He's having a subpar year for him. Um, but one name that I'm not reading on here, and obviously it's because he only has like 2,900 yards passing, uh, is Lamar Jackson. Uh, but he is third in the league right now. He broke the record, as you guys saw. And we're going to talk about that uh, because um, back when Vic did it, I feel like that it was a big deal. Um, I feel like if the Falcons would have had a better record that year, Vic potentially probably could have won league MVP. 
Um, if he had better uh, pass, if he had a few more passing touchdowns and some more passing yards, but with the rushing stats alone, I think he probably could have won MVP this year if the Falcons had a better record. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing Lamar Jackson almost 3,000 yards passing. Gross. 32 touchdown passes. Gross. I'm sorry, 33, because he had 28 coming into this week. So 33, 33 passing touchdowns. Um, he's under, I know, 10 picks for sure. He's got 1,170 yards rushing, seven rushing touchdowns. So he's responsible for 40 touchdowns. But he's too mobile. But he's going to get hurt. Right. He got a quad injury but in the pocket. Here's here's what he I... He got his injury in the pocket, and everybody was jumping all over the place. Oh, he got hurt! I told you! Here's he one, got hurt! Here's one thing that they brought up to, uh, was it yesterday on uh, First Take, and they were saying that somebody needs to, uh, somebody needs to, um, uh, hit him hard enough to the point that it'll make him scared to run, but the whole point is, is you gotta... But he's figured it out. You legit, you legitimately have to stop that man. Like, you can't just... But he's figured it out. He's figured it out. But here's the thing, though. is defense... The hardest hit on a quarterback in that game on Thursday was RG3 getting hit on the sideline. Yeah. And they didn't throw and it doesn't and it, and it doesn't matter... They probably should. It doesn't matter if you have a spy on him. He knows how not to get a hit. Yeah. He knows when to throw the ball away. Mm-hmm. He's smart. And we were all questioning his deep ball. A lot during I'm being, still questioning. I'm questioning it still too, but it's he not, only throws twenty yard passes, not, thirty yard it's, passes. It's not, look, it's not looking too bad. It doesn't look bad, no. but is it sustainable? But he gets question. But he gets a lot of his touchdown passes when they may win the Super Bowl this year in the red zone. But then it's a learning league, and I said it. I've said it a couple times on this show already. Do you think within the next three years teams will figure them out? I think that in the next, you're saying three years. I think in the next year they'll figure them out, and then in the next two, three years, it's either adapt. Or we figured it out so much. But what if his passing game gets more accurate and he gets better? And now it's like, I forgot he could run. I don't think... Because that was happening with Vic and Philly when he was killing it passing. And then everybody was like, oh shit, we forgot he could run. And he still ran for like 800 some yards that year. Right now he has, a, he has a decent line. So like what happens when... Everybody keeps talking about when Lamar Jackson gets hurt. What happens when his line gets hurt? What happens when he has to start moving around more? What happens when he forgets he's supposed to check the side because he has a rookie on the left? It's gonna happen. Where he's gonna get hurt. We'll see. And eventually, it's gonna it's gonna cause problems. So will it be? Is it sustainable? It's not about if it's what's gonna work right now. Because right now, there's no denying. Is, this is a fucking hot ball or whatever you want to call it, and there's no touching it. Is he? They are what's what. Is he your lock in for MVP? Yeah. If anybody says otherwise, they're stupid. And I'm not even. I'm not gonna use a slang for the word at all. They are completely, utterly. Stupid. He's got it locked down, I think. It's week 15. Who is even close? He's third in the league in rushing. When you watch any show or you listen he's, to any other show. He's third in the league in rushing yards with 158 attempts. I know. It's that's stupid. that's disgusting. It's stupid. <laughs> but he... Uh, what the hell was I saying? If he sat down for the next three weeks, he's still MVP. Hmm. No, he is. Who is close? I'll wait. I won't because it's not that much time. <laughs> I just know how they. I just know how it is with with them. Like you, you got to play at least fifteen, sixteen. If he games. legit got hurt and sat out, he wouldn't lose it. And to who? He wouldn't. If he got hurt, 
This There's no be- one close to him on rushing, obviously. If he got hurt like three, if he got hurt like two weeks ago, I would say they'd probably say Russell Wilson. But yeah, it's, two, it's, it's, two weeks ago, I agree with you. It's so close to the end. You're right. At it's this point, end. if he didn't play the last two games of the season, and as long as he eclipsed the 3,000 yards passing, because, again, that's never been done either. He may not play the whole second half of two games. Vic, that year that he ran if for... If he gets all the yards, then he's, he's done. Vic that, Vic, that year that when he ran the... When he had the rushing record... Um, he only threw over like twenty six hundred yards passing. He didn't have a big so if Lamar Jackson, who's already at twenty nine, gets in like three thousand deep into the like you know thirty two, thirty three hundred. Both, he's a true dual threat. That's disgusting. Yes, and you don't see that. The word and dual threat has been used since Michael Vick. There are, but there's not been a real one since some of the guys in the last two three years. There, I, it's just. Two, three. Yeah, I'm going back to Cam Newton. That's more than two, three. That's more like seven. But and Stephen A, who I I'm on the fence with sometimes. I agree with him. I disagree with him. I think we all had that relationship with Stephen A. Stephen's eccentric, and I love him. Even though I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, Stephen A. One day I'm going to get you to listen to this show. <laughs> I'm gonna, and you're going to accept me for who I am as a Dallas Cowboys fan. But he said that after last year there was Patrick Mahomes, and then there was everybody else because Patrick Mahomes set a new standard for. Quarterbacks. Yeah. Now and and you know and I'm sorry. It wasn't. I'm sorry. It was Stephen A. And I think Max said this too on the show that they both were kind of like in the same ballpark with that. Now you got to put Lamar Jackson up there with Mahomes because you didn't know where you were getting out of Lamar. You saw we saw a preview last year. Like he he did okay for stepping in after Flacco and didn't everything have like that. a strong line, but he was a rookie and they didn't accommodate him the entire offseason. They didn't they have Mark Ingram. No. They didn't have a lot of guys. They have everything now. Marquise, the Hollywood, entire, they Hollywood Brown, you like that guy? Yeah. One of the reasons <laughs> that we keep talking about it, this is the word is sustainable, people. Like if this is if this was Pee Wee's Funhouse, the word of the day is sustainable. Ah! Like everybody go crazy because it. The whole thing, you take one card out from the bottom, yeah. and the whole fucking house falls down. But they have a backup quarterback with RG three where it works. But they spent the entire offseason getting everything in order. Whereas Kansas City, all they did was lose shit. Mm -hmm. Because the better your team gets, all of a sudden everybody thinks it was, oh, it was because of him. No, it was because of him. No, it was because of him. Everybody got paid. Everybody left. His line don't look great. Mahomes is great. He's amazing. Aaron Rodgers is amazing. Great. Their lines suck right now. There's nothing you can do about it. I think Aaron's is doing a little bit better. Aaron has 23 touchdown passes, two picks. He's still getting rushed, knocked but, down, but a and lot, sacked. But a lot and of that the, doesn't but happen. Again, it's a lot on the run. Yeah, he's got to stop and plant. That's what I'm run saying. Stop and he plant. He is yeah. the last of the dying breed where he has to stop. All he has is that left tackle. I know. All he uh, Bakatari, whatever his yeah. name is, big dude. That's why always running to the right. Yeah. But I <laughs> I digress. That's what I'm saying. Like if these guys had, if Mahomes has. A line next year, which they will get him a line next year. Oh, yeah. They will make sure that they have Please it. do not be surprised if the Chiefs in their first round pick this year. If they're well, probably going, it's going to be a probably lineman. Probably on the right side. Yeah, it's going to be a lineman. Yeah, on the right side. Because yeah. they got to fix the whole... He is great at throwing on the run, but you can't start on the run. Yeah. You need a second to... <laughs> also, they got to... Um, I think the one thing I can say about the Chiefs is what they got to do is is also... Defense, yeah. Like obviously. if that's not your first round pick instead of a lineman, make sure that's your second. But that's again when I'm going back to sustainable. Uh, like it's <laughs> the the defense and special teams were catered especially to Lamar Jackson. Also, yeah. no team has done that. No. Where you figure everything out 
according to. And then not only that, how many coaches are going out there and letting the quarterback? I know you can't see me right now, but it's it was a big thing on uh, Good Morning Football where they kept showing Lamar Jackson like pushing off fourth and one, fourth and two, or they're going for it. Yeah. They don't need to go for it. They don't. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Like why not? And he doesn't <laughs> fuck up. He has one of the greatest percentages going for it on fourth and two, and it's not. They keep saying it's Harbaugh's number, but it's not. Because you watch the highlights and it's Jackson going like this. But see, get your kicking team off the field to end to end this whole. Because then we'll move on to rushing and receiving and yeah. stuff real quick. But to end this whole the talk about uh, Lamar Jackson, um, just so everybody's aware, the GM of the team was it Ozzie Smith? That's his name. He. Uh, are you talking about Ozzie Newman? Uh, yeah, is that who? Is he that was. Who? He the was. GM. Who's the GM then now? It's the new guy. It's the guy who got Lamar. Like the first big okay. move that this dude got was Lamar Jackson. Whoever he needs a fucking raise. He's and he's every and, and, and every other team is asking their G every their dudes other, at the time either, why didn't they're going back through all the paperwork out of the why didn't you like Lamar out of the last you're fired out of the out of the last thirty one teams. Um, only maybe six GMs need to keep their jobs, only because six of those guys already had their quarterback for the next couple of years. Yeah, there's a couple of teams out there, um, but teams like uh, the Giants, who could have drafted Lamar Jackson with that pick, they went Danny Dimes, uh, Lamar Jackson, and I think Saquon Bears Marcus. took Trubisky. Like there's a right. whole bunch of teams that took, but well, no, 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 no. That was that was uh, that was twenty. That was the uh, that was uh, last uh, year before his draft. No, that was 2017 draft. Trubisky went. Oh, I'm thinking of Mahomes. Yeah. I'm thinking of Mahomes. Yeah. Um, Trubisky before yeah. Mahomes. But Danny Dimes goes, what, number number four? Three or four. Something like that. It was funny as hell. I laughed my ass. And I'm sitting there saying to everybody, Lamar Jackson should have been a top ten pick. But teams pass him up because he should have played receiver. He should have played running back. All Again, all these are in quotations. Please believe that. Um <laughs> And he fucking flipped it around, and look what he's doing this year. And I was a Lamar Jackson fan in Louisville. I thought he was incredible. I said, oh, this kid gets in the league. He's going to be fucking exciting. And I said that. 2016, watching him at Louisville, that Heisman year, I said, yo, this kid is going to be fucking incredible. And come to find out, look where we are now. He's he's league MVP. But the GM, who for drafting him... uh. Harbaugh for taking a, a, a gamble with him again. Um, and them signing everybody that they did. Earl Thomas, Mark Ingram, um, signing the rookie Marquise Brown. I mean, they got three tight ends. All right, we'll kiss their ass all night if I let you keep going. I'm Let's just see. saying. This man's a Steelers fan, and he is so far up the Ravens' ass that he has black and blue on his cheeks right now. Listen, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. I'm a fan of, I mean, I say this again, I'm a fan of a lot of guys in the league. But his story the most, and that's why I respect him. Hey, I respected the shit out of Ray Lewis when he was there. I fucking hated him. Him and Ed Reed. I respect the shit out of those two guys. And then just quickly to talk about some rushing. Yeah, uh, n- number one in the... Uh, Nick Chubb is Nick obviously... Chubb. Um, like, where? Where did that come from? Um, Listen. <laughs> uh, I mean, who the fuck was Peyton Hillis years ago? I guess. You know, so... But Nick Chubb was good in Georgia. Him and uh, Sony Michelle were uh, the double team there at Georgia. And I always knew him and Sony would be uh, top-tier uh, running backs. Or a lot of guys are falling. And then you see, like, totals are, like, 
a lot of different yeah. on our list and everything, but Zeke fell big time this year. Saquon Barkley fell big time this year. I mean, anybody playing fantasy football, you know the guys that they should be getting you your numbers, and they're just not. Yeah, Mark Le- Ingram, though, a monster. Yeah, Le'Veon really didn't need to take a year off, right, guys? Uh, 676 <laughs> yards, three touchdown rushing. Go ahead. Uh, then you have Mark Ingram, 963 yards. Um, like I said, we just mentioned him. Ten touchdown uh, rushes. But he is second. I'm sorry, third right now, it looks like. Uh, tied for third. Um, behind... Uh, Derrick Henry, number two in the league, Tennessee Titans. Who's another just at the end of the year, there are just some guys who they turn they just it turn it up. on. And Henry, that one dread out the back of his helmet, I swear it's because he's so fucking fast that it just it warps into one. Um, rookie Josh Jacobs. Uh, if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, if he didn't get hurt. And he's you know, on my fantasy team. It's looking at this list, you know what pisses me off the most? Leonard fucking Fournette. Why? All this man can give us all year long is three rushing touchdowns. They don't run it in. They get touchdowns from oh twenty my out. God. What do you want me to do? There's no goal line. There's, there's no goal line touchdowns. He's um, not get them. With Dalvin Cook, eleven hundred yards, thirteen rushing touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, twelve twenty. McCaffrey uh, just burnt out. But reading it's off, like it's, it's day thirteen after. Well, you're turn. the only guy. <laughs> Candles out, baby. It's, it's out. But out of all these running backs that I'm reading, who do you think? Is by far been the best complete running back in the league this year. Complete, like because you got a lot of these guys too. It's Ingram, you got a lot of these guys too. Okay, explain. it's Ingram blocking. Okay. It's Ingram. That's the shortest and best answer you're ever going to get. There's no when you want a complete running back, you want a guy who's going to put up the yards, and Ingram puts up like 100 yards. It's hard for a running back to put up 100 yards a game when your quarterback is the third leading, third or fourth leading rusher. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. But the dude, when he puts up a block, he puts up a block. I will say this. And then Lamar's juking. It's like, damn. Lamar Jackson, after the game Thursday, did say that his goal was to get Mark Ingram 1,000 yards rushing, too. That's why he was pissed he didn't get him 100, because he's on par. If he got him 100 yeah, last night, he's, it's easier the next three. He's legitimately, uh, well, he's at 30, 37 yards away mm-hmm. from 1,000. 10 touchdown rushes, so... Um, I could see why you would, and again, his blocking, I agree with you, 110%. When Lamar Jackson does that, that when they do that option, and he goes the same way as Ingram, and Ingram's the first guy out there on the edge. You don't know what to do. No. What do you he's do? He's fast, strong, and he's going to run for him, you to fuck over. It's it's, like, I don't remember what it was, but it's just like, what do you do? What do you do? And then the and, ti- uh, and then oh. every tight end on their team can block. See, yeah. we're going off about the Ravens again. See? It's, it's, it's contagious. It's nothing you can do. It's, <laughs> it's their year. Yeah. When the Eagles, I hate the Eagles, but when the Eagles had it and that's all we were talking about, it's because that's what the Eagles were but doing. I think the best running back in the league this year, um, and I'm, I would love to Full say. Full running back, complete running back. I would love to say McCaffrey, but because of the team he plays on, I don't, he's the only guy there doing anything right now. I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. I mean, it's a safe answer. My second answer was Aaron Jones, but I'm going to go with Dal- Dalvin Cook. It's a safe answer because he helps so much in that backfield. Oh, my God. It, you think that everybody's like, oh, Cutler, maybe. I'm not Cutler. But the ha. dude was ill in college. He just got hurt. Yeah, I know. Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's another one. People, but not to, because we want to just get in at least the wide receivers before we jump to the, yeah, to the everything else. To who the who do you got, without looking, who do you got as like the best wide receiver? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, we could both agree that it's Michael Thomas. It has to be Michael Thomas. But on a team 
of A players and there's an A plus student, it's like, well, what do you do? Okay, so who would you pick real quick before we transition? Besides him? Besides him, who's who's second? Are we going complete again? We can go receiver in general. Because I'm going to tell you who my pick is. But you know, you go ahead you tell me. Because mine might be biased. Travis Kelsey. That's a tight end. He's still receiving. I guess. But that's more complete because of the blocking and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, well, you were just saying Mike Evans. His blocking. I was saying Mike Well, Mike Evans, he gets blocked a lot. Is what It's not necessarily his blocking, but... I say Amari. He's played through a lot. And even though they don't produce any wins, he's still doing everything that he has to do. He puts up 17, 18 fantasy points a week. He's trying. He doesn't give up. If number 88 was still out there, what would be happening? He'd be quitting. And I I like dudes that don't quit. But there's other guys. It's a lot of injuries this year. So the guys that come to mind, like the Cooper Cups... Or the... Uh, Adam Thielen's been hurt. Oh, shit. Who was the other one? Adam Thielen's been hurt. You got a... Diggs is in there. I don't know. John Brown. A lot, of, a lot of hurt. Marquise Hollywood Brown. Just people... Who got hurt with the non-contact sprain last week? I, a, I forget. Uh, the Eagles. Uh, Jeffrey? <clears throat> yeah. Alshon? He, when he took two steps off the line, that was a wrap. Boy, but, trash. I mean, the Eagles can't, they can't catch anyway. Trash. But they're, I'm doing air quotes now, their quote-unquote receivers are all hurt. But they, they, can't, they can't catch a cold. If they don't go ahead and draft a receiver, go out and get somebody. But somebody got to want to go play there, too. It's, I mean, Philly probably going to got a lot of money to shell out. With Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's all right. He's not. All right. But um, transitioning now to some turnbuckles. Um, before we started the show, um, Sean showed me a picture of a recent episode of uh, NWA Power. The uh, heavyweight champion Nick Aldis is standing in the ring, and who is standing across from him? The uh, villain. The villain, Marty Skrull. Um, Aldis looked like he saw a ghost. That's what Sean said. Um, well, that was the, whoever posted he, the he, he looked like he, he looked like, I mean, obviously, you know, he looked surprised, but... Uh, Marty Skrull, uh, what does that mean? Um, these two have fought for the NWA belt in the past. So is Marty Skrull looking for a lighter NWA schedule? Um, is he still flirting with the idea of WWE and uh, AEW? Is he flirting with the idea of staying with Ring of Honor? Um, I think he's just keeping his face out there. That Yeah, he's a big guy and everything like that, but... Any company that he would go to and say, how about we just do a contract for like one night? I don't even wrestle. I just come out and I fuck around with somebody. Or right. even if I do wrestle, again, it's just one night. Just pay me. Get his face out there. Yeah. He owns the rights to his name. He owns the He's rights. He's independent. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, owns the rights to villains. As long as you got a check. I believe. Yeah, villain Inc., yeah. Villain Enterprises. Villain... I mean, he still makes money off the fucking Villain Club t-shirts. Even though it's, it's Bullet Club, he still makes money off that shit. Yep. So, um... <clears throat> These guys make more money off their t-shirts and other stuff half the time. So, to recap this past week, we had Monday Night Raw. Um, Sean, if you want to dive into your thoughts and feelings about Raw this week. Uh, all of WWE is 
hard, hard, hard to watch. The opening segment. Not all of them. The whole touch, I'll opening touch segment was Rusev and Lana getting divorced and all that nonsense. That's so stupid. It was so hard to watch. I couldn't handle it. It was painful. And I'm not... I'm still an AEW fanboy. I'm going, I'm going hard for AEW. But... I, even if I if AEW would never come into my life, I don't know if I would still be watching wrestling. Like I'm at the point to where I'm gonna stop recording it, and I don't. I, I'm gonna keep watching it because I have to in order for us to talk about it and everything like that. But I am not getting any en- entertain quote unquote entertainment from watching wrestling entertainment. <laughs> so no. what's the point? Um, I feel as though that they're just. They're purposely, they're purposely not uh, giving us exactly what we want. Um, AW, I mean WWE. Yes. They don't never give anybody what they want. I mean the whole. We were talking about it before we started recording about how oh yeah we want Mufasa Ali. Mustafa. Mufasa Mufasa Ali. And then he gets brother. hurt, and his push goes to Kofi, and even though there's no more heat with him, they still try and push him. <laughs> Little Shorty G. Oh. This horrible, horrible thing that they've done to this guy that we thought uh, was possible the next Kurt Angle. And It's cringy when you say it. He's short, so let's call him Shorty G. Yep, taller than Rey Mysterio, but we're going to focus on his height. It's trash. Shorty it's absolutely G. Atrocious! Everything they're doing, man. Aspio, motherfucking release! Like we got some dignity. You're playing with your name. They have a bunch of wrestlers sign, uh, registering their independent names. They have people talking to other companies. Uh, it, there's a lot of talk about John Morrison finally coming back this week or next week for the pay per view. But even if that happens, like the, what do they have going on? They ain't Duvall back. will make the argument, and a lot of you listening will make the back. argument that. No, supposedly the whole he signed and everything. Supposedly what I saw, and now it looks like Taya is going to lose her championship, and she's going over too. That she's there to be. She's supposed to lose her belt to our girlfriend, Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace. Yeah. Shout out to Jordan Grace. Yeah, short, shout out to Jordan Grace's ass. Yeah, just go right, skip the middle woman, <laughs> and go right to the factory, like. Mm. Sorry, I caught up in the I Matrix. Yeah, what happened? Where are we? I was just I was fantasizing. What were we talking about? Uh, but um, as far as... Why is it warm? <laughs> <laughs> on the bright side of WWE this week, uh, NXT was uh, pretty good. That's what I was trying to get to. Duvall um, will go all day for NXT saying it's worth it. Yeah, uh, it's the only show that's really competing with AEW right now. Not because it's on the same night, uh, but... Um, just the talent alone, um, the triple threat match that they had this past week to determine who would go up against Adam Cole uh, next Wednesday for uh, the um, NXT Championship. Uh, Finn Balor came out on top, of course. Uh, kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, Keith Lee and Tommaso Ciampa put on a great match. I and it's it's fucked up because a lot of people online are like really rooting for Keith Lee to get like a, a championship push, like. Give him a shot. Let him be the champ. But um, I'm going to be... I'm going to teeter on the lines here of WWE. And um, Kofi Kingston was a pass. Uh, the Rock was a pass because of his views on the mic. Um, but not a lot of 
black guys are getting that heavyweight championship look like that. Um, and I, I think they could do it with Keith Lee. I mean, that Big E was a heavyweight champion in NXT, so I could see them doing it with Keith Lee. But I just think about timing. Um, and, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the WWE has a history with that. Uh, picking I see him getting the picking push because of his relationships. So. Picking is choosing, picking and choosing which black athletes to uh, uh, to push uh, as far as championships. I mean, they'll give a guy like Keith Lee if he teams up with somebody the heavyweight. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, the tag team championship all day. He can easily be an NXT North American champion all day. I'm not saying he won't win championships, but the main one, the championship that makes you the face of a brand, I don't think that he'll get anytime soon. Even though he should get it because. He's put in the leg work. He's put in the miles independently, and he's got the ability. And I think that they should have went. And I don't even see him that much. But the route that they should have went, instead of sucking Finn Balor's dick because he made the comeback, uh, Champa almost couldn't wrestle again. That'd be the one guy I would get his. I mean, he gave up the belt. uh, You know, as I called the Van Dam rule. (laughs) He got hurt, and he didn't. He didn't lose the belt. I called the Van Dam rule because we're still soggy about that TNA Van Dam. How he never got another title shot. Rob Van Dam. He did get another title shot, but he never lost the title. Right, and they, and it took him forever to get a title shot. Because mm-hmm. yeah, my him. man won the title. Quick side story. My man won the title from AJ Styles on April twentieth. It was awesome. Lit. <laughs> we were high as fuck. Yes. Oh, it was so great. Uh, meanwhile, back in 2019, though, he had a match against Rhino. We're in 2019. Oh. 2019. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. He just had a match. He just, <laughs> the way you said it, you said yeah. back in 2019. He had so, a match against Rhino on this past This past Tuesday. That was hard to watch. That yeah. was slow and chunky. and But not his girlfriend. Ooh. Katie Forbes. I don't, know if mm. boot, I don't know if the booty's fake or not. Probably I don't know is. about the softcore porn with her and Rob on the screen the whole time. Kissing and grabbing on each other. That shit's weird. But uh, not too much. Joey Ryan, hysterical in Impact this week, if anybody saw. But another thing I wanted to talk about in another company besides WWE, and I don't know if you know yet, did you see the results from ROHs? I only watched the first hour. Don't don't tell me what happened. You don't want to know who won the championship match? PCO won? Fucking new world heavyweight champion. He beat PCO. He beat Roosh? Yes, Villains Inc. That's... I think this is how, like, they're helping Villains, Inc. Villain Enterprise. Villains Enterprise, I'm sorry. How they're helping them, like, it's not going to be a complete wash when Skrull leaves, because he's leaving. Yeah. It's all but a, a confirmed that he's leaving, and it's still going to be PCO and... Well, that makes sense, because Roosh's contract... two guys. Roosh's contract's up, I think, March? He said... I, I heard him going to New Japan. I could see that. I just... His style that. of... His style of wrestling, he's very yeah. violent. yeah. And quick, but not planned. Yeah. So it would work with some of the guys over there. Yeah. It's, but it's, that was fun when I saw the piece, when I saw him win, I was like, oh shit, the French Canadian Frankenstein. 51 years old. That's nuts. I love it. I absolutely love that, that he's the world champion. I didn't see that. But it's a bad, it's a bad company right now because it's on the way out. Yeah. It's, and they have decent talent. Them giving him the belt is like when they gave Matt Hardy the championship and ECW. ECW, (laughs) yeah. It's like, Oh, cool! Matt Hardy's the well. It's just or when David, or when David Arquette got the belt in WCW. Uh, 
Why do they do that to people? David Arquette was the heavyweight champion in WCW. And I know we're jumping all over the place, but then go back to WWE is trying to combat all the ratings with AEW by announcing not one, but their first two Hall of Fame inductions. Yes. Because they, oh, if we throw this out there, then we'll be all right. The first one was, now a lot of people are saying this is weird. How do you feel about it? Because I know the reason why, and I looked into it. Why, how do you feel about them inducting the people that they're inducting for NWO? Um, and do you know why they're doing it the way they're doing it? Well, before we touch on NWO, I just want to say Batista should be a Hall of Famer. Well, Batista's the, before, Batista's the second guy getting inducted, and I think he already picked who he wants why, to induct. But why did they choose Hall, Nash, Pac, Waltman. and Hogan? Waltman is the question. Do you know why they picked Waltman to go in with them? No. Because they only induct groups in the Hall of Fame in, group, in fours. They have to have... Well, who else in NWO was... was uh, but who else in NWO is still friendly enough with the WWE? Right. So Because they're getting a lot of backlash for... You're telling me that X-Pac is going to be a two-time two yes. Hall of Famer. He should be a three-time as a singles guy. If you want to make him... Well, I put him in as the one, two, three kid. To be 100% yeah. honest. Because so he could be a, possibly be a four-time inductee? Well, no, it would still be three. But Rick... I think he's even making comments on social media that he want he's oh I was the only two time now there's already like five of us he wants to be the first three time one before he passes away oh he'll be real pissed off when the Rock and Sock connection get in together mm-hmm. that's gonna happen the Hardys oh God Jeff and Matt will get in single handedly too it just too. went from a one or two people to all of a sudden it's him Booker T Triple H Scott Hall Kevin Nash Hulk Hogan all these dudes Rick are should get in a third time. They Evolution. Should. They will, but they can't until Randy Orton retires. Yeah. Not need to do that. Evolution is a mystery. Yeah. R.P. Lemmy. Um, Good night, sir. But uh, NWO for, 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 for life. I'm excited for that. I'm going to watch it. It would be cool if towards the end of their induction, like who they're going to say is the other people they're inducting, they say, all right, and the final person being inducted is... And then it turns out to be like the wolf pack. And then you just have, yeah. Then that, that's the not, black happen. and that's, white that's not happening. That's not and happening. And the red and white going that's one, not happening. all in one night. That, that ain't happening. You got to get Conan to come here. Oh, coming. Lex Luger. Right. Bagwell, dude. Bagwell ain't coming. <laughs> Bagwell ain't Buff coming. Buff the stuff. Steiner. You know, you, Virgil should get there. Virgil was part of the NWO. They're saying that he, how long is it going to be until he starts? Rodman. Like, get Dennis Rob. Rob was part of NWO. Get Robin in there. Technically Tyson was. No, that's a Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone should both be in the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame. They own WCW. Drew Carey's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Right. Okay. So if he's in it, we can get. You know, they made a good. Uh, they made a good. Um, I, I guess uh, argument online that Andy Kaufman should be in the Hall of Fame. He should. He was uh, he's with the up. King. Him and the he's King. Been talked about a bunch of times. Yeah. He should be in the celebrity wing, but. Because they never know. There's still talks about how the whole thing between him and Jerry wasn't fake. And that Jerry, after Kaufman died, told everybody, like, oh, yeah, it was a bit. It was all, it's like, it's just like, it is, that's pro wrestling, man. What do you think? We all, like, fucking hate each other? Like, no. It's, but there's a lot of people saying, like, no, they were just being assholes to each other. And, like, Kaufman was actually, like, hitting women sometimes. And they just played it out like it was a story. But... There's no way to know because yeah. Kaufman's dead, so. Eh. One of those weird wrestling mythos and everything like that. 
before we uh Macho Man banged Stephanie when she was fourteen. Uh, <laughs> wrestling mythos. Oh god. I, uh, if any if any corporations are out there listening, he said it. He did it. <laughs> he said it, not he me. He did it! Not me. Duval Branch did not say that. Tell Vince that Sean said it. Uh, that Macho Man snapped uh, into a Stephanie. Oh my god. <laughs> I am the cream of the crop. Yeah. But uh, AEW this past week. Off the chain. What was your uh, favorite moment? Or what do you, What would you like to go over that really... Uh, if I had to touch on one spot of the what, whole show? What's the topic you want to touch on? It's actually something that you won't even expect. Because it's about a wrestler that I have gone on saying that I'm not a fan of the whole gimmick. But I just want to see where they get to with it already. Hangman Adam Page. Tag team match with Kenny Omega versus... Kip uh, Sabian and uh, Sean Spears. When they were tagging and they were doing a bunch of like moves together and it totally working in tandem, Kenny Omega went to go do a double high five to him and Hangman turned around and he just walked through the ropes and <laughs> grabbed the tag string and... He ain't, he ain't elite no more. He's not the elite. And I just want to see, like, where does this actually... I would like to see him as a... So you think Hangman could be a possible heel? I think he's going to be a heel. It's just a matter of time. And how are they going to do it? I don't want them to... What WWE does when this shit goes down, and they got to start having heels, and oh, let's start having... Because what do we got? We got Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin working together. I don't want to see if Hangman Adam Page goes heel. Oh, now we just have... Adam Page and Pac versus Omega and Nakazawa. I just QT Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, QT put on the show. Yeah, he did. He did all right. He missed a couple spots, but so did Christopher Daniels the week before. And if anybody saw AEW Dark, this is one of the things I like about AEW. I don't know if the Daniels misses misses like Mrs. Daniels. I don't know if the missed spots by Christopher Daniels were necessarily an accident. I think it may have been part of the story. Because when he was on AEW Dark and he had the ice pack on or anything like that, he's like, I came back too soon. I made mistakes out there against like one of the best in the world in tag and singles wrestling. And I cannot make mistakes. I need to get inside my head. I need to figure out what mindset to get in. Think he's going to turn on? This. You think he's going to turn? Hundred percent. Fallen Angel coming, and he's going to eventually turn on Scorpio Sky. Make them lose the tag titles. Does it happen as early as this week? Because we have the Young Bucks challenging for the tag team titles. I think yes. I think that this is going to be the first title change in AEW this hmm. Thursday. My personal opinion, just what I think, because the way they're going with it is that the Lucha Bros have now they they're on this little win streak. And they've gotten inside Christopher Daniels' head. Because Arian's chill. He's going to try and keep everything cool. But Scorpio's got this flame behind him, too. And, oh, man, he's going to want, like, oh, come on, Daniels. Like, like he's going to act like the leader a little bit. And it's going to push Daniels, like, too far. And it's going to be a good heel turn. It's going to be a really good heel turn. But if we have him heel turning and we have Adam Page heel turning and we already have MJF, best heel in the business. Yeah, hands down. MJF. Incredible promo this week. Um, there were a lot of... Th- I, I don't want it to make it sound like the Adam Page thing that I said. I just wanted to touch on that spot because yeah. I know that there are so many other spots that anybody who watches, you saw them, and we'll talk about them also, but that was a really important undersold moment, I thought, of the show. Yeah. I agree. 
I think that uh, one of my favorite moments of the night was um, Jericho kind of coming out and uh, talking to Moxley, kind of telling him, like, hey, man, you know, I kind of helped you. Would you like to join the inner circle? Yeah, but that's not going to happen. We oh, of course not. not. No, that's not going to happen. That's definitely not going to happen. No. But uh, who do you... Uncle Buck. I, I, back to the whole MJF Cody feud. I, I think they're gonna have MJF beat Cody. I think that's what's gonna elevate him to uh, championship uh, contending status. Is um, I think that they're gonna. He, he said they're gonna announce it on, on New Year's Day, obviously, at the uh, Dynamite event New Year's Day in Jackson. Cody Rhodes has been losing every match. He will win this week. He's gonna win his next few matches, but I think February 29th at Revolution, which is the next upcoming. Pay per view -view for AEW. I think MJF and Cody is going to happen there, obviously, and I think that MJF is probably going to get the W. And I think he is. Eventually, it's so it would be a stipulation. It would it would be so stupid like Cody won. Like we always see that the good guy gets dicked over so many times. No, let the guy, the nemesis, rise to the top. I mean. Yeah, he does he need the belt? No. But you could still put him in that contention for TV purposes and match purposes. I don't think he needs the belt. I don't think MJF needs the heavyweight championship belt at all. But I think to put him in that picture, because they always put a couple guys in that picture that you think is going to win it, and they're a heel, and it's good for the matches, it's good for the story. And eventually they do win then, it. And eventually they do get it. So do I think he's going to be a champion within the next year? No. I think MJF's not going to touch a title for at least the next two years. And yet... We've yet to see his uh, his muscle wrestle Wardlow. I think he he's gonna lose the match to Cody, and then when they bring in the lower card belt, he's gonna get that first. Yeah. I but think maybe not because he was the first one to get the. I don't know what they're doing with this diamond ring. If the diamond ring, as some people have speculated, like oh, part of the story with it is that you get a title match, and we just don't know about that yet. Then if he puts the ring on the line against Cody, and then that's how Cody gets the challenge for the belt again. But I think that if Cody were to win that, just because I said Cody wins doesn't mean that it's not by a heel turn or that it's not by paying Wardlow a little bit more money than MJF was. It's, there could be, there's multitudes of realities that they can just fabricate in their own minds. And that's the best and scariest part about AEW. They're not afraid to take an idea and go, oh, is this going to work? Is this going to bomb? Is this going to, I don't know. That Dr. Luther dude is coming next week too. Did you watch all of AEW with the promo with Brandy and she was showing the girl they cut her hair off where she's in the group, Kong, her, then there was a bald dude who went to turn around a little bit and she grabbed his head and stopped it? That's Dr. Luther. He's an indie wrestler and everything and he's he's going to be part of their group too. And I didn't see it. Yeah, just this big, bald... So people keep saying, oh, they need more big dudes. They're done. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need any more. They got the Butcher, they have Luchasaurus, they have... Uh, Hager, Hager, Jake Hager, Slacks, Wardlow, <laughs> uh, Wardlow, to a lesser extent they have Dustin, um, before we get off AEW, you put, you, put, you put Hangman up there, he's a big dude, he is, a lot of them, and he only six foot, but did you see the thing about Cody, how he came out and he explained why they're not doing any house shows, they don't need to, his point is that house shows are for you to clean up the match, Clean up this, clean up that, make sure that's good for TV. But his point is that if we have guys who have been doing this stuff, for some of us have been doing it for 20 years. Some of us what do you need a house show for to train? And then he brought up his brother. He goes, that's a waste of time. Why are we going to have Goldust go out 
not Goldust, but Dustin. Why are we going to have Dustin go out there and have warm-up matches where he is perfect? He's a finely tuned machine. He's at his prime still. Eventually, there'll be decay, and when there is, then he has to work on it. Right. Same thing with the other guys. They work together, but they work on their own schedule. There's one day of recording a week. Work out your schedule with the rest. They do all the online stuff, all that. What's wrong with that? But the fans are freaking out because they believe that the house shows are not just for the, the wrestlers to get better, but for the towns that aren't big enough to have Dynamite come to it. For the people who want to be able to meet the wrestlers who can't drive that far to go see it. And that's a bummer. But right now, they are a smaller company. Mm-hmm. They have somewhere around the like one-fifth of the roster of WWE. But they're technically doing smaller venues now. Like, I haven't, like... And that's only because a lot of them are blocked because, of, again, back to our old point with WWE. But I think that people need to start going seeing them now at the smaller venues before they start blowing up. That's what it is. Because they, we went to two shows already this year. I know. And they don't want to risk going anywhere where it's not going to be big exposure and everything. And that's why they've done not to name shows drop, in Chicago. Not to name drop, but we went to two of the most viewed we did. shows. We were at the first Excuse ever AEW in Washington. And we were at the third ever AEW Dynamite in Philadelphia. Yes, sir. Both of which were amazing. Unfortunately, Luchasaurus got hurt right before it was time for him to come out of the third one. But I digress. Just Pentagon Reefings beat the shit out of the Jurassic Express. Yeah, unfortunately. It was still a good time. Still a good time. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, we, we hope you had a good time tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Did you? <laughs> we hope so. Um, again, episode six. We appreciate you guys for listening and tuning in uh, every week. Uh, it's Sean, been fun. Yeah, it's been fun, man. I've had a, I've had a, I've had a great time doing this. Uh, these last few weeks, last over the last month, we did just start a page. Yeah, we also yes, we do. We We've do. invited a lot of people. We're sure that a bunch of you that are listening now are already on there. Yes, we're gonna keep asking questions, looking for more feedback. Yeah, be honest. Don't be dicks, but just be brutally honest. Yep, there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can find that Facebook page. Just type in Turf and Turnbuckles. Um, with the the symbol and not the word and so turf and turnbuckles, um, again you can always message message us for questions. Uh, like Sean said, you know, post on the page, comment, give us feedback, uh, you know, share the link. We appreciate that as well too. Uh, share the page. Tell uh, us what you want to hear. Right. Tell us what you want to hear. You know, we're we're here for the feedback. We appreciate it. Um, when we we take all criticism, we take everything in consideration, and we try and make the show better for you. And better for us too. Uh, but I think we're doing really good, and we're having fun. Doing we're having it. fun doing it too at the same time. Exactly. So, uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you for coming through again to the Turf and Turnbuckles podcast. I am Duval Branch. I am Sean Mulcahy, and we appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in next week, episode seven. Can't wait to get it started. Till next time. Have a good night, guys.